Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. And for Stormy today, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Our number two is upon us. We have a lot to digest from what we saw. Cannot believe 16 weeks of the NFL season have already come and gone. Two more weeks in the regular season, of course. And I think one of my bigger takeaways was what the very first game of the weekend to begin, and that was in the Steel City uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We, you know, George Pickens much maligned a lot to do about blocking, not blocking. Has Mike Tomlin lost the locker room? As I like to say, the calls were coming from inside the house. You had former Steelers like Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Clark, basically essentially saying that uh, the message has gotten stale in the Steel City, that maybe Tomlin needed to go somewhere else uh, to refresh the message. I was like, wow, this is stunning coming from some of these guys. And then they go out, and with Mason Rudolph, third-string quarterback Mason Rudolph, they just whoosh, the Bengals up and down the field on uh, on Saturday. And George Pickens is a monster breakout game with a couple touchdowns there. And I, I it's just perplexing because, again, I talk about narratives all the time and narrative-driven streets that we walk down and, you know, the, the people in the media like us. And you hear these, these talking heads, and I go, well, what do you believe? Like, what do you really believe when you watch the Steelers in that 34-11 Win. I mean, those guys aren't saying it, just making it up out of the ether in thin air. And the other part of me goes, what? I just watched the Steelers, and now they're basically four, plus 475 to still make the playoffs. And, Michael, I want to ask you, because you know this as an executive in this league. You've dealt with this. You hear the outside talks, right? Bill Belichick's put up for it and putting up with it again right now in New England. What do you make of the Steelers now? Because – Two weeks ago, you would say Tomlin's on his last legs. He's out of there. And then you have this. <laughs> no. Right, like, that's what some of the, like, Brian Clark wanted you to believe it. Like, he needs to go somewhere else. What do you make of Tomlin, the Steel City? And uh, to me, they're two wins away from possibly their plus 475 to make the playoffs. They could win out if Baltimore doesn't have anything to play for in the last week of the regular season. 
Well, who are you going to get a better coach than Mike Tomlin? I don't know. That's that's exactly the question. So you can't get a better coach than him. It's never been the Steelers' methodology to fire a coach and go into the unknown not knowing. So that was ridiculous. Now, let's be clear here. The the reality of the situation is that they played a bad team. Mm. And because they played a bad team, they looked better on offense than they were. So Mason Rudolph, to you, I mean, it's not the answer. And and I don't know the Kenny Pickett situation with his injuries, whether he's going to come back this year. It seems like Tomlin is intimating that it's going to be Mason Rudolph again in Indianapolis where they are uh, three-point favorites, or excuse me, three-point underdogs in this one, and then the Ravens to round out the regular season. How, how do you evaluate whether or not this team, if they get in, their defense I thought would be elite. It hasn't been all year because, to me, that was the strength. And anything he got offensively with Kenny Pickett at the beginning of the year felt like gravy. Like you kind of depend on the defense. You hope the offense doesn't turn over and lose you the football game. Is that still the formula in the Steel City? Well, we know their defense isn't good enough. I mean, they they, they can rush the passer – but their coverage is limited. They've lost so many of their Mike linebackers that they don't have a really good – they had to bring Miles Jack back. Mm. And so they really they're really have a hard time inside. Landon Roberts isn't going to play this week. So they're kind of putting it together with, with, with duct tape and string. <laughs> and and they, they can't control the game offensively with their, with their offensive line and with their offense. So it's, it's a hard problem. I think he's coaching his tail off this year for what he's dealt with in terms of the quarterbacking and the lack of real personnel defensively in the, in the secondary and, their, and the scheme of their offense. You know, Michael, I look at bigger picture in the AFC, and we'll figure out the Steelers can figure out a way to get into the playoffs. I'm sure you've heard this before, everybody in America. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. If he wins one of the last two, he will not have a losing season yet again this year, even though they're down to a third-string quarterback. Baltimore to win the AFC, and you would have thought last night after what you saw in that demolition in San Francisco, they you'd have to lay money in order to take the Ravens to win the AFC. Just be the number one seed, okay? Excuse me, to win the AFC. They're two to one right now, plus two dollars to win the AFC once we get to the postseason. The Dolphins, this is what's interesting here, they're plus three twenty. And the Chiefs, even though their offense looks broken, as Michael alluded to in in the uh, beginning of the show, they're plus 350. So even with that dynamic performance by the Ravens last night, especially with all the turnovers, five turnovers they they got of interceptions of the the Niners, the betting market still isn't completely sold on the Ravens to just represent the conference in the Super Bowl. And that surprises me a little bit. So – to me, look, they beat Miami. It goes through Charm City the rest of the way for the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl. I like their chances if they get the number one, one two, seed. One, two, one, two, one, two. But when I talk, I hear my. Now, the Dolphins, by the way, again, if you really think that the fish can go into Charm City on Sunday and get that win, all of a sudden that number is going to disappear. That plus 330 is going to be cut probably in half. Probably somewhere to plus a dollar fifty and plus two dollars. If you really think the Chiefs can fix their offense, and I know Michael does not believe that at this juncture the Chiefs are who they are, and they're they're not willing to take the small stuff, move the chains, and be that offense. They're still trying to be this explosive offense that they aren't anymore. 
that is that does surprise me. Michael, when I look at the the one team, the outlier here, that looks like they're back in now, it's the Buffalo Bills. Now, right. they would have to do it if they can't win the one seed or the, the division. By the way, they still have a pretty good path to get there if the Dolphins lose on Sunday to the Ravens, who still have everything to play for. Is that number at plus 550 for the Bills to win the AFC playable for you? Because there there is a good chance still that they could actually win this division, which would increase it dramatically with a home playoff game. I mean, if they get the two seed, right, they are they are playing Indianapolis, Houston, or Pittsburgh they could beat any of those teams. If they get the th- if they get the, th- the 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 six seed, they're playing Kansas City. They can beat Kansas. City. Anybody can beat Kansas City. Whoever gets a six seed's got a really good chance to beat Kansas City based on how they're playing right now. So, yeah, I think they're they're probably to me. If you were to rank these teams, mm-hmm. Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, they are. It goes Baltimore, Miami, Buffalo, and then everybody else is behind. Any of those long shots intriguing at all? We talked about the Jags and their and their issues. The Browns are that team at seventy to one because yep. they're they're a playoff team. Now I don't they have a small yep. chance of still winning the division, but the Browns are that intriguing defense will travel even though it's not as good on the road. Could you is this magic with Joe Flacco that you're seeing, or just a, a competent veteran quarterback, literally off the streets, that's making you know what out of uh, chop suey here? Well, I mean, I think he should be comeback player of the year or comeback player of the decade. I mean, he's coming back from, what, 2018? I mean, he's been sensational. Now, I know he's turned the ball over seven times, but this is the best the Browns offense has looked since Stefanski's been there, including when he had Deshaun Watson. Like, they spent all this money for Deshaun Watson. They could have had Joe Flacco for the minimum. Think about it. They gave up wow. all these assets, and Flacco's played way better. Flacco averages almost 300 yards. He's over 300 yards. He's already thrown for more yards in four games than Watson threw in, in six. He's already thrown for that. And watch the play calling. Watch Stefanski call plays. Look, you don't want to – if Cleveland's healthy in their offensive line, the injury that killed Cleveland is Chubb. Yes. If they had Chubb right now. You know, I mean, D. Ford's they did done a, Jerome Ford's done a good job in terms of filling in. But if they had Chubb, they go into Jacksonville. We know it's not a good home team. Everybody's walked into Jacksonville and played them well. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence doesn't play well in Jacksonville, so he hasn't played well at home. And Jacksonville's a beat up team right now. I mean, you don't you don't want to play Cleveland, especially if they can get healthy. That is fascinating to see what Flacco's been able to do. Bigger picture question with that in mind. Because I look at the quarterback play, and I, I feel like it's at an all-time low. You see Tom Brady. It's not even a year removed talking about some of the play. And that goes along with offensive line play being probably at, at an all-time low. These veteran quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, you saw the difference when he's out. The Rams look lifeless. And when he's in, they can win. You saw it with Brady, even in, in Tampa Bay, obviously winning the Super Bowl there. You see it with the Jets clinging to Aaron Rodgers. That next year, they're going to be a Super Bowl team with old man Aaron at the helm. What is it, Michael? Why does it why are these veterans like Joe Flacco who was taking his kids to school as he said and then he gets a call from the Browns, you want to play football for sure. And then he can just walk in and do what he's doing. What what's the disconnect between the young quarterbacks in this league that are not able to take that mantle versus the old vets that stick around forever for this very reason? Well, let's go back to Flacco, right? Flacco's most the most success Flacco's had in the league other than the Super Bowl year, was in 2014 when he was with Gary Kubiak in Baltimore. Where is Stefanski from? What, what offense does Stefanski know the best? Kubiak. 
Learned it in Minnesota when he was up there. He's got the West Coast element within the Kubiak-Shanahan frame. That's what, That's when he was his best. Play action, throw it up the field, you know, long ball. He's the, I mean, this generation won't remember Dave Kingman, but Dave Kingman either hit a home run or struck out. (laughs) You know, that's Flacco, either a touchdown pass or I'm going to throw it to you. And, you know, and and, and they throw it up the field and they make chunk yards. He's able to do that, you know, and so this offense, Flacco likes this offense and he's played well within the framework of the offense. And so that's why they're having this much success, whereas I don't think they can do this. They would not be at 10 wins if Watson were still playing. Watson doesn't really execute this offense very well, doesn't make accurate deep throws, doesn't see it up the field. Look, I think Flacco's, it, it, to me, if you're going to give it Baker Mayfield's comeback player of the year, but Flacco ought to be get, I said this when he played against the Rams, he should win comeback player of the year. You know, it's fascinating. Amari Cooper goes for, what, 265? And he says Joe Flacco has the reason why he got the two. Like, it, it is amazing what we're seeing oh, in Cleveland. Oh, it's clear. Yeah, it's clear as day, and you just outlined it perfectly. Uh, Deshaun Watson not doing what Joe Flacco is doing off the street. I want to get into that awards market with you next, Michael, when we come back and start with Coach of the Year right there. Interesting conversation to be had on the other side of a very short break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You're going to get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort those picks out by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has a current hot hand. So for VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for just $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line here on VEASAN. And, Michael, I did want to stay on that topic. We were just talking about the Browns, and it really is remarkable to have 10 wins at this juncture, to be 10-5 and five, uh, with the injuries, as you mentioned, Nick Chubb. People have already forgotten about that uh, early in the year. Obviously, the quarterback carousel that they've had there. You, you go get Joe Flacco off the street. I'm stunned that Kevin Stefanski, who's, by the way, making a meteoric rise up the board, that you could have gotten him at 11-1 to 1 last week. It's something I talked about here in the network. I, I, I couldn't believe we were overlooking a guy that's, I think, won f- different games with four different starting quarterbacks. I don't know if that's ever done, been, been done in the NFL before. He was 75-1 to 1 back on December 3rd. Now, Dan Campbell still is the favorite, but it's close. And I'll ask you, Michael, I, I get the historical connotation that – the Lions hadn't won the division until, you know, Fox didn't even have the NFL package the last time the Lions won the division. That's how far back you'd have to go. CBS still had the NFC package then. But can we do it just for historical connotations? Or who, who do you think is the most deserving coach of the year? Oh, I, I think what Stefanski has done. First of all, let's put it in perspective here. Uh, we we The Jets have decided to bring Robert Sala back <laughs> and his incredible team. That he's assembled after the after the Aaron Rodgers injuries, won six games. He's six and nine, and he's coming back. Meanwhile, the guy in Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, has had more quarterback injuries than Salas had, had more defensive and offensive line injuries than Salas had, and he's got ten wins, ten wins. So, like, if losing your quarterback gives you a pass for the next year, then losing your quarterback and getting ten pens, ten wins should get you coach of the year. And I, I think that's what it is. I mean, he's overcome the adversity of the situation. And he's done a remarkable job. Ten wins are hard to get in the National Football League. They really are. You know, Dan Campbell's the favorite because of the history of the organization and all that. But he's got a good team. Yeah. And, and credit Dan Campbell for having a good team. He deserves that. But the reality of it is, is to overcome coach of the year is getting more out of your team than you should have. That's why Mike Tomlin last year should have been coach of the year. He got more out of his team than anybody last year. Some of the best coaching jobs are usually in the nine-win, ten-win teams. So I, I, I like Stefanski in this in this market a lot, considering that you know they've actually improved at quarterback on the fourth try. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And again, I said it last week in the network. That it, I don't have a vote. If I did, it would certainly be for Kevin Stefanski, what he's done there. What surprises me a little bit, and I think you kind of alluded to it there, is the expectation level. Look, the, the Lions were the favorites to win the North uh, before the season began. You know, John Harbaugh and the Ravens were not. I, I took them this summer at plus 275 to win the division. Hasn't gotten all the way home yet. And yet Harbs is still 12 to 1 in this marketplace. And he's without, you know, Mitchell, a dynamic uh, running back there, without arguably their best weapon in Mark Andrews at tight end. And I know it's Lamar, but does that almost get held against some of these coaches when they have yeah. a former MVP like Lamar? You just can't win the award because the expectation level is too high. That, that's it. When you have a great player, I mean, Andy Reid doesn't win it because he's got a great player. Right. 
And yet sometimes, you know, he's done great coaching jobs. So when you have a great player, you kind of get caught off guard and you get, you know, you get, oh, well, the player's carrying them. Meanwhile, we know that, you know, it, it takes everything working together to be a really good team. So for me, I think that's that's the issue with Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh's done a remarkable job. Mike McDonald's done a great job. The decision to get rid of Roman, right? Think about some of these teams that have really improved based on the offseason, okay? When you look at Cleveland, hiring Jim Schwartz. You look at Minnesota, hiring Brian Flores. You look at Baltimore, bringing Moncton in, letting, letting Roman go. They've improved their team, whereas Green Bay stuck with Joe Barry, and they didn't improve their team, <laughs> right? So your offseason, your improvement. Philadelphia loses two coordinators. They didn't improve their team with the hires. Shane Steichen was worth learning. Shane Steichen was really good. Yeah. So I think a lot of this, the Rams changed coaching staffs. The Ryan Wendell went to be the line coach, really improved. So it all kind of comes together, and it's the head coach making these decisions, whereas like on Matt LaFleur, he didn't make any. He kept Joe Barry, hurt his team. Couldn't hurt agree. his team. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more uh, with that assessment there. I want to stay on the defensive side of the ball and look at uh, the DPOY. And Micah Parsons right now feels like a three-horse race between Micah, Miles, Garrett, and and T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh. Watt, the, the longer shot there, plus 320. Micah, small favorite at minus $1.15. And Garrett at plus $1.10. I, I'm a little surprised that we don't have the wild man out here in the desert from the Raiders uh, involved a little bit higher up. If yeah. you watch him week in, I mean, week in, week out, he's an absolute terror. What do you make of Micah being the favorite? Look, I'm a Cowboy backer and obviously love what he's done, but I can make the case that Max Crosby – has been just as effective at fifty to one than Mike has been at minus dollar fifteen. Oh, I think that that Max Crosby's been more effective. You know, I think he has been. Mike Micah Micah has Lawrence on the other side. Max Crosby has you know uh, Malcolm. Uh, uh, you know, they has the the one kid I forget his last name, but yep. he has fifty one. You know, I mean that's not the same guy. He's rushing better, but it's still not the same. So. I think to me, Crosby's a one-man wrecking crew, you know, and he gets doubled, he gets chipped all the time. I mean, Parsons get is getting held constantly. Yes. We get that, you know. But you know, when you have a chance to make big time, I mean, one thing for sure about Max Crosby, he doesn't go very many games without making an impact. And he plays you know, every single you play. You feel him every single week. Yeah, and he plays every down, Michael. Right? Like something you can see, down. Micah. Micah's taking a breather here and there. Yeah, look, I love Micah, but when we're talking about this award. Crosby doesn't come off the field. Run ball. It doesn't matter. Run down, pass. He's on the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's being well. And, and you you know, it's one thing. The team's got seven wins. Yeah. And, and could easily have nine wins. There's a couple games they've kind of just gave away. Well, the Minnesota game, they clearly gave away with three points. But Hunter Renfro's fumble. I mean, Hunter Renfro drops a, a conversion down pass last night that could have won the game for him. And he fumbles against Minnesota. Like, you know, the, it's killing him. So, for me, you know, Crosby keeps him in there. What they did, what they embarrassed Kansas City on national. I mean, that's the worst Andy Reid's offense has ever oh. looked. And Crosby, the number one reason why, right there with you. I was, yeah. trying, to, I was trying to make this point on X, and it's tough sometimes to make points on X, as you, you probably well know. I, you know. I was trying to explain, like, the Micah situation. Yeah, he hasn't had a holding call in almost two months. But I remember LT in his heyday. He didn't get a lot of calls either. Like, sometimes yeah. these great defensive players get held all the time, and yet you play through it. You, you just play through it. I know Mike is frustrated, but he's got to play through that. How do you tell a young 
gifted, talented player that that's almost like it's almost like a badge of honor that they're holding you every play. Yeah, well, they're going to hold you because you're unblockable. That's why they hold you. You're unblockable. That this they choose not to call it. I mean, yesterday we watched those games. Some of those pass interference calls, you oh. just like shake your head on, right? I mean, we know that if you're trying to figure out the officiating in the National <laughs> Football League, good luck. Like really, good luck. That's not that's that's not happening. I can tell you that there's so many bad calls out there. It's ridiculous. Couldn't agree more. It's frustrating, but he's got to just go the LT route and just start crushing people, even when they're holding you. Uh, comeback player of the year. We talked a little bit about it. DeMar Hamlin is the favorite, overwhelming at minus $4. And I, I get it. The emotional heartstrings attached to that. But you mentioned it with Flacco at plus $4. Baker's at plus $8. Matty Stafford's uh, 12 to 1. Tua 12 to 1. I don't even get Tua why that is. I know he missed the end of the year last year with a concussion. But if we're being honest, isn't this Flacco at 4 to 1? Oh, I, I mean, look. Uh, to me, DeMar Hamlin's in a separate category. The fact that he returned to football yes. deserves recognition. There's no question. But to take, but he hasn't really played or influenced. I think his playtime is very minimal. And I, and I think if you want to honor DeMar, that's great. I'm all for that. But what Flacco has done for the Cleveland Browns, if the Cleveland Browns didn't, didn't do this, you know, I, I, if they didn't sign Flacco, what would they have done? Yeah, it's impact. I mean, there's no disrespect. It's an unbelievable story. Hamlin's not impacting games coming back, which is it's amazing. He's on the field playing special teams. But Flacco is winning football games, meaningful football games that actually impact the league. I mean, that, that, that's rather remarkable to me. That's the way I'd go there. Very quickly, in the short time, Offensive Player of the Year, McCaffrey's minus two $2 here. Tyreek plus $1.55. Feels like a two-horse race there. This is the non-quarterback I think award, it's right? Tyreek. Yeah. I think it's Tyreek. Tyreek, to me, is the best player by far. Plus $1.55 uh, for Tyreek Hill to be Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to catch up with, with our buddy Aaron Moore. Join the program a lot. Talk to him and what he's seen uh, this week. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to get his thoughts here and some bowl action as well. Come on back. It is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN. We're back in a moment. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has got your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just by betting five bucks on basketball. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSEN and the crown could be all yours. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross as we roll on this edition of the Lombardi Line. And, Michael, I always like it when we have smart guys on the show like yourself and Aaron Moore, VEASAN.com writer, sports media professor. You can follow him on X at Pub Relation Professor. Shorten that to PROF. Aaron, great to catch up with you again and uh, talk some football here. We are knee-deep, obviously, in the bowl season. Admittedly, I've not been keeping track of some of these games coming up, but I know you found some really good spots that you want to talk about. And I want to start with the Peach Bowl on Saturday because you look at Ole Miss and Penn State, we are. And right now, Penn State, three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, a total there of 48-and-a-half. What have you navigated through that game that you think you might be able to find an edge on? 
Well, first off, Dave, I'm going to wait for the smart guys to talk, and then <laughs> then I'll fill you in on what I have to think. But I think that Penn State Ole Miss Peach game is a really good one to look at in bowl season, where we're talking about so much who is opting out, who isn't interested in playing, who's just getting through the finish line. This game, I think, has a real bearing on this season and next season. I'm looking to take the over 48 and a half for a couple reasons. First of all, we have Kiffin, who is always interested in spreads, in totals, and we know James <laughs> Franklin as well. So we have two coaches that seem to be always playing games where their totals and their spreads really come down to the end. So I think that 48 and a half, I'm taking that. Also, if you look at Penn State is not going to have Chop Robinson, one of the best defenders in the country, and they might not have Kale and King. They have a lot of their players going to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl, but they're non-committal about playing in this game. So I think that helps with the total. But the other angle is let's look at Ole Miss. And let's look in particular at their quarterback, Jackson Dart. This is an important game for him. He's not opting out of this game. This game is really important for 2024. If he has a good game against a Big Ten team in one of the main windows coming up on Saturday, then he puts himself very high in next year's Heisman campaign. And I think that's important for a bowl game this year. We talk so much about how these games don't mean anything. Well, I think this means a lot to Jackson Dart. I think it makes a lot of sense for Lane Kiffin to showcase him. If you think about the amount of money Ole Miss has invested in Lane Kiffin, he's got a team this year that had a very good season. Next year, when you move towards that 12-team playoff, Ole Miss is going to be looking at a national championship. And I think Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss need to have that investment these two have made in each other pay off. And I think it starts with this game. So I like the offense. I like Jackson Dart to be showcased. And I think this Penn State, the guys are going to the game, but they might not play, is going to uh, impact the total in the 48 and a half over. Uh, um, Penn State hires Andy Kolonicki from Kansas. We know Kansas, when he was there, was an explosive offense, multiple, all different looks. Do you expect this is what we're going to see from Drew Aller, or do you think they're going to stick with what they were doing before and stay? Because I think if, if that's the case, perhaps the over could really come into play because this could be a back and forth. I think Aller has a chance to be sensational with Kolonicki as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, if you look at the Allers, I should point out too as well, Michael, Aller and what he can do next year as well, that this game is really these two teams looking forward to the future. And you have two quarterbacks that are not looking to play in the draft. They're looking to play next year and, and be really Heisman candidates or some of the, the best quarterbacks in the country. So I think it is an important game this year looking at next year as well. Aaron, I want to get to uh, the, the big four, if you will, and the national championship, the semifinals coming up uh, this time next week. Can't wait for those games. Alabama, Michigan, man, I am, I've been torn going back and forth on this one uh, for the last three weeks now, ever since the game, once we knew what it was going to be. How do you handicap it? And, and maybe you even look to maybe a possible slow start for these offenses because we know it feels like defense could reign supreme here with a low total. So this one, Dave, was one of the first ones I played when it was available. I liked Alabama getting two points. It's still in that ballpark of two points, one and a half. I really do think in the next couple of days, the more we talk about Alabama, 
Nick Saban all of this time to prepare. I do think this game gets closer to a pick'em. So I think if you are in line with Alabama, now's the time to get it. I do think it comes out to a slow start for the reason of this, that these two teams are two of the best teams in the country, but they're not two explosive teams. Alabama does not have the explosiveness we thought of them the last few years. Michigan is a solid running team. But I think Alabama has the ability to slow down Blake Corum. So I think we come out to a slow start in this game. And I think it's interesting if we look at these four games in terms of playing them almost a month since the last game. The total of the first half is 22 and a half. And I'm taking the under in that. That's the slow start. But if you look at it, since 2014, the two playoff games, under 22 and a half has only happened four times. So I'm going against a pretty big trend here. And you think after all of this time off, the offenses are going to be slow. That hasn't been the case. But I think the reason it hasn't been the case, you look at these teams that have been in the playoffs over the last decade, they have a very prolific passing game and great NFL-level wide receivers. This game doesn't really have that. So I think you're going to see it slower. I think you're going to see more of a running game. And also taking it for the under, you have two very good kickers. I don't think either coach feels like they have to get into a shootout. So I think you see a slower game. In this case, I'm taking the 22 and a half under the first half. The other aspect of this, Dave, I like is Jalen Milrow over 34 and a half yards rushing. I think that's a really good number. And if you're interested, take it now. He's averaged over 39 for the entire season. So he's getting 39 yards a game. So you're getting a value right there. Going back to what Michael mentioned, Drew Aller, he had 49 yards rushing mm. against the Wolverines earlier. So one of the things that I think is going to be a problem for Michigan is they haven't faced an SEC team. They haven't faced SEC speed and they haven't faced a quarterback that likes to run and throw and get outside the tackles. So I think Milrow has an opportunity here to really be the offensive star with his feet and with his arms. I like Alabama. I like it in a close game. Yeah, I, I like that one too, because I think what Milrow's really improved on has been his ability to run, but also look to throw while he's running. You know, he used to, early in the year, he just took off. Now he's looking to make plays. How about the Washington-Texas game? You like Dylan Johnson, the great running back for Washington, to go over, to go under his 81-and-a-half prop rush total. Yeah, Michael, I think this is another one. If you're interested, take it, take it pretty quick. If you look at Texas, really one of Texas's strengths is their defensive line. They are top three in the country. They have only given up 81 yards rushing as a team. So you're going to get Dylan Johnson is over that total. I really like that under. And if you look at what Texas has done against similar backs, against the running game that they held uh, Jace McClellan. We're talking about Alabama. He only had 45 yards rushing against them. Texas's strength is their defensive line. Dylan Johnson, as good of a player as he is, is going to go into their strength. So here is an example, Dave, if we're talking about how to play all these different games. Mm -hmm. Texas, Washington, I really don't want to lay the points or take the points in this game. But certainly I want to bet it. That has to be part of the equation here. So you have to look at different angles. So I'm going to say if Washington wins, it's because of Michael Penix Jr. And I don't necessarily want to bet on him or against him. But I do think if Texas gets control of this game, it's going to be very hard for Dylan Johnson 
to go over 81 and a half yards rushing. So I think you have to look at big picture. You have two teams. You have about a four-point spread. You don't necessarily have to take the spread. You don't have to take the total. Look at certain angles. And let's talk about our parent company here, DraftKings. You can go to DraftKings and find hundreds of bets on these games. So if you have a field in the game, you have an interest in the game, but you're not sure about who to take, there's so many different ways and so many different roads to go down that I do think in, in some states where you can get player props like I can here in New Jersey, it's a great option. Very quickly, only about 45 seconds to go here, Aaron. You had Oklahoma State plus three and Moneyline. They have now flipped to the fave here, laying two against Texas A&M. I know it's not the best number here if you're on the Oklahoma State side, but could you still play it at minus two? I know you like them obviously to win the game, but it's five points the other way now. Yeah, that's a big swing. It's going to be tough. I think if you if you got Oklahoma State early, which I did, it's great. You're, you're sitting here pretty happy. I think you have to look at it from this standpoint. What Texas A&M team is it? Yeah, there's going to be 22 guys with a T and A and M on their helmet, <laughs> but it's not going to be the same coaching staff. It's not going to be the same players. It's going to be very, very hard now to bet them. But when we have these late shifts, the two points, Dave, it's still Oklahoma State doesn't have the overall talent as Texas A&M. Enjoy the conversation, Aaron, every single time. Really appreciate it. Check it out at Beeson.com and again on X at Pub Relation Prof, P-R-O-F. Aaron, appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the bowl season. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you very much. Good luck to you guys. Great stuff. Michael, when we come back, let's talk about some splits we're seeing in the marketplace and whether or not we should follow those trends. That's next here in the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next wager, be sure to visit Visa.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know the money and the bets are moving for every single NFL or bowl game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out what the public is betting based on the number of tickets or where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You're always improving our betting splits page and recently added soccer betting splits from around the world. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com slash splits back alongside michael lombardi i am dave ross wrapping up this edition of the lombardi line michael i always look forward to our conversations i wanted to get one with you on the game of the week next week which is going to be the dolphins and the ravens it feels like it basically could decide the number one seed in the afc we know that jalen waddle right now mike mcdaniel says that he's got a high ankle injury we've talked about it a little bit with trevor lawrence uh, he thinks the severity of it won't be known until it's after he's, he's being evaluated. Some guys seem to be able to, I mean, high ankle sprains used to be at least a three to four week injury. Now some guys are playing the next week, but boy, if you don't have Waddle or if you have him and he's, you know, not a hundred percent, we could see Tyreek Hill is not at a hundred percent with his ankle injury. Right. Do, you, do you trust the Ravens and their defensive capabilities what we saw. I know it's a short week for them now, six days to prepare for the Dolphins in this offense. Do you trust the Ravens to be able to basically say, okay, we got to take away Mostert. We got to take away the running game. And then I know those guys are cheetahs on the outside, but they're not fully, you know, healthy cheetahs, if you will, with Waddle and Hill and their injuries. Yeah. Plus I think what the Ravens have going for them in this game is that John Harbaugh is going to walk into the team meeting room tomorrow and basically say, we gave up 35 points to this team in the second half last year. Mm. Lost at home here 42-38. to 38. Gave 28 points up to the four, in the fourth quarter. Let Tyreek Hill run for a, catch a 48-yard touchdown, a 60-yard touchdown. And Waddle won the game with a 7-yard touchdown pass. So I think there's a lot of motivation on the Baltimore side. The fact that they've played this offense last year and – Gave up so many points. They they have a better understanding of how to attack it. Add in the injury factor. And, of course, you didn't mention the offensive line for the Dolphins, which they do a great job of hiding the line mm. because they're not a talented offensive line. But they keep Tua upright to get rid of the football. But playing on the road, we don't know weather yet, right? Right. I think this line is they, – they stuck the three, three and a half up there because I think if it's windy and cold and rainy – you're going to see a lot of people bet in Baltimore. If it could be a nice day, you may get some Miami action. But I think this is a game where everybody's going to want to play the over because of the 42-38 win last year. But I don't think it's going to be an over. I think it's going to be a grinded-out kind of game. And I think it's going to be Baltimore will struggle to move the ball consistently against a very good Miami defense, and Miami will struggle to move the ball. They're not going to get one-play drives. 47 is that total, and again, the betting splits in the handle, over 80% coming in on the Ravens uh, and the over right now. So I, I think that's very good cautionary tale out there before you run to the window and blindly play that on the over. I think it's a very astute observation, Michael. Uh, let's stay along that side. We talked about it Thursday night. And look, I, I always joke on social media, hey, sometimes squares get home too, and sometimes the public's got to win. The public is betting the Browns. You can understand that. Seven and a half point favorites Thursday night against uh, Take Flight. And I'm assuming it's going to be Trevor Simeon again 
for the Jets. So you see 88% of the handle yep. here, and, and the bet's coming in on the side of the land. Is this a side that, that the public might be able to, to still cash those tickets, even though you got to lay seven and a half? Well, Simeon is the starter. Uh, when we were in break, Zach Wilson was declared out by the Jets. Oh, okay, so we you. got Simeon. So that that's that takes care of itself. And look, I think you got to be careful before you play this. I, and I could see this ticking to eight mm. before kickoff. I really could. I think you have to be careful here because you got to make sure Cleveland's healthy. Short week. But how are they going to block Miles Garrett? How are they not going to turn the ball over if you're the Jets? How does this Jets' bad offensive line – play well on the road. We saw them just two weeks ago down to Miami. And, you know, Miami just dominated them. I mean, Miami just dominated them, and, and it was over with everybody. Remember, this is coming off of, well, the Jets just had a really good game against Houston, and, you know, the Jets are going to be better offensively, and Miami just – they went down to Miami, and they lost 30 to nothing, mm-hmm. and, and they had 103 yards of offense. So – I mean, look, I think Miami's defense is on par with Cleveland's. Maybe not as flashy with the Miles Garrett, but it's on par, especially if Cleveland's secondary is healthy. If they have Emerson and Ward and Newsom, they're very good in that back end, and they can really squeeze this day one install. This is this offense for the Jets, no matter who's the quarterback, is so generic, is so basic, is so prehistoric that – there's just no way they're going to move the football effectively for four quarters. So I do think this line ticks to eight, and I still think the public will bet it because unless Flacco turns it over, then I think they'll cover the number. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. That's the side I would have to be on with it as anemic as this Jets offense continues to be. Uh, Jaguars and Panthers, it's an interesting one here. Jags laying six and a half. You go, just six and a half. They got a lot of issues at quarterback now with Trevor Lawrence, even when he's healthy, but he's got all kinds of, uh, you know, maladies now. He's got the high ankle sprain. He's got the AC joint in the throwing shoulder. He's got a concussion from two weeks ago. But yet, seven-point favorites. I I, I hate to put it in this context. You see all the money handled, 90%. uh, 71% of the bets coming in on the Jags here. But Carolina... (laughs) in a weird way, playing their best football now with an interim head coach after Frank Wright gets fired. Uh, Is this danger for the Jags who are on a four-game losing streak? Well, look, let's go back. They played Tampa. I'm talking about the Panthers. It's 21-18 game. It was a close game. Yeah. Right? We know the the Bucs are playing well. Then they played the Saints, and the score's very deceiving. It was 28-6, but the game, you look at that box score, the Bucs, the Saints did nothing in that game until the last two drives. And when the game was over, they went for it seven times, the Panthers, on fourth down. They were one for seven. Then they beat Atlanta in a rainstorm. Last week, they had every chance to beat Green Bay, right? They come back from behind. They're down two touchdowns. They tie it up 30-30. to 30. They, get a, they, you know, they give up a field goal late in the game. And now they're playing a Jacksonville team, which really hasn't played well in four weeks. Mm. And Jacksonville's almost a touchdown favorite. I mean, my question to you is Green Bay was a a, a touchdown, uh, just slightly under a touchdown favorite on the road. That line opened at six and went all the way down to three and a half. I see this line moving back towards the Panthers. I don't think I would play the Panthers here. I don't trust them on the road. Uh, Jacksonville playing at home, I don't trust either. But Lawrence is hurt. Like yeah. if they if if they felt so good about their team, why wouldn't they play Beathard? let Lawrence get healthy for a week and feel like you could beat the Carolina Panthers. But you know why they won't do that? They have no run game. Mm. They have nothing else other than they got to throw it all the time. And you can't let C.J. Beathard throw it 40 times to think you're going to win. 
Yeah, I was stunned going back four weeks ago to the first loss on that Monday night to Cincinnati when Beathard came in. He played pretty well when he came in for Lawrence, and yet they will not go to him despite all these injuries uh, right now to Trevor Lawrence. The Niners, uh, it was embarrassing for them, certainly, and now they're going to go to D.C. where it does not behoove the commanders to win the game. So you can understand why the money so far is coming in on the Niners, even though you're laying double digits on the road here. Still now, because of this loss – Niners got a – they win out. They're going to be the number one seed. Right now they're tied with the Eagles, but we all know what happened in the head-to-head matchup. Is this the, the, the ultimate quote-unquote get-right spot here, laying 13-and-a-half on the road? Well, I, I think a lot of this depends on the injury report. Last night we saw Trent Williams leave the game with a groin injury. Is he going to come back? I think the Niners will keep him on the shelf. Mm. They had other offensive line injuries, right? So the Niners, to me, I think are more concerned in this game about – winning and staying healthy than they are dominating. I really do. I think this is going to be one where they've got to get into Washington, win the game. Now, there's always the Kyle Shanahan, I hate Washington sure. element you got to play in this, right? You fired my dad. Because of uh, because they fired his dad and they tried to destroy him. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, before he got the job in Cleveland, Kyle was not – he was having a hard time getting work yes. because they of all the – Things that that the the happened in Washington, which were not true. So there's always a little bit of a grudge factor, and they got to get back to playing better football. So that ways, and this Washington team is horrendous. I mean, and how are they going to block this front? I mean, how are they going to block Bosa? Even if Brissett plays, how are they going to block him? I mean, Brissett's going to get they're going to get killed, and Bienemy will call 400 passes in the game. He won't care. I love the point, though, because, you know, obviously he was there in D.C. during that whole time uh, with Mike Shanahan and then Kyle. You saw the way it devolved there. So obviously he'd love to stick it to him. But you meant the biggest point for me is Trent Williams. Like, I know we talk about MVP, but really the truth serum, he's their best player, right? Like when Trent Williams is healthy, all that attitude and everything else he brings at left tackle. And you saw last night, Jadavion Clowney looked like a number one pick once Trent Williams went out of the game. Right, Michael? Yep. No question. And that holds it all together. But, look, Washington's a different story. They'll beat Washington. It's just do they want to play their guys and risk injury. Yeah, yeah one of those get the win and get out of Dodge type games. Michael, I always enjoy the conversation, my friend. Really appreciate it. Thanks, I'll, David. I'll be, I'll be with you again tomorrow. Of course, this is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN. Coming up next on DraftKings Networks, it is Pablo Torre uh, here at VEASAN. Uh, the sports betting talk and announcements continues next with Sharp Money. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.